0: On today's episode, I am talking to Lauren Tassi, and we are talking about sales pages. Now, this was a lot of fun because I've never spoken to anybody about something that specific inside of a funnel, inside of launch. So that was really cool. And, um, you know, sales page, that's 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 a beast. You know, we when we think about sales pages, we get really overwhelmed about the magnitude of it and you know there's so many sections so many bits and pieces that need to fit together so obviously we kind of dread getting started on this but then again you know we know it's important because it's one of the final pieces that people move through in our funnel when we're doing the launch and we want to make it the best we can obviously and hopefully with this episode you'll get a better insight of how you can start creating that sales page and what you need to think about. Because like I said, you know, there's quite a few things that you need to actually think about when you're writing a sales page. And who knows, maybe it's a good idea to get somebody to help you with that sales page. Because it's one thing to just kind of putting it out there and setting it up, but it could hurt your launch if it's not doing what it's supposed to do with that said. I wanna remind you again about that we're closing on 100 episode of the Omega oh Launch Podcast. And we're doing a hundred dollar Amazon gift card giveaway to someone lucky. And all you really have to do is share your favorite episode and tag me. So whether that on Instagram or you do it on Facebook, that's totally fine. Just remember to tag me so I can make sure that I get your entry locked in. Um, And you can share as many episodes as you want. And for each episode you share, you get another entry. And also you can get another entry if you leave a review on uh, iTunes or podcast app or whatever it is. And just uh, screenshot that. Send me on a DM on Instagram. I'll make sure you get another entry on that. And we'll do a little raffle uh, on October 11th. So join in on the fun. But now let's listen to episode have you launched your online course with great success or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry well it really doesn't matter Hi my name is Ken Wesker and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners create the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups downs failures and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the oh my God I'm launching podcast. All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I have Lauren Tassi with me, and she is an expert on sales pages, which is what we're going to talk about today. So welcome, Lauren.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. Um, we just talked about it before we got on uh, mm-hmm. that. You know, sales pages is uh, really, first of all, there's an important uh, component of your launch, but it's also really exciting when you start seeing it coming together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's just You know, as a copywriter, uh, being able to just sort of put the puzzle pieces together is my favorite part. And what works for one person isn't going to work for another person. And so we're going to move these, you know, move the testimonials here and maybe throw a little, you know, facts over here. And we can just, you know, sort of play with it like it's a piece of music or something and just Mm. test it and see what works and see, you know, what is getting conversions up versus what is having people bounce from the page.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Before we get into that, though, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit, you know, tell us who you are, who you help and how you help them.
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Lauren Tassi. I'm a copywriter, I'm a launch strategist, and I run an agency that helps uh, coaches and course creators basically have their best launch ever. Um, I, you know, tackle things, the entire launch funnel, um, but the sales page is definitely one of the most important parts of it because that's where the sales happen.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Obviously, there's a lot of things that happen before we get to sales. Which maybe we should just talk a little bit about that before we, you know, dive into the sales pages itself. But you know, what are some of the things that we need to think about before we actually get to or get people to go to the sales page?
1: Yeah. So I always think the best way to think of it is actually backwards and how the mm-hmm. cu- not how the customer comes through the journey, but how you know if the thing is we're selling a course online then we have to work backwards. Um,
0: starting with the end of mind.
1: Exactly. Starting with the end of yeah. mind. So you have the you have your, your final product, the thing you're selling, and before that, there's a sales page. And then working backwards before that, usually there's an email sequence to get people to the sales page. Before that, there's been some sort of freebie, some sort of opt-in, some sort of challenge. You know, it's different depending on, you know, your audience and what you're selling. Um, and before that, it's how did we get people to your freebie, to your challenge? Um, and that's usually Mm -hmm. Facebook ads, or if you have a warm audience, you can just email your list and they'll sign up for that. So that's sort of the upside down funnel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, you mentioned, you know, um, you know, having, um, lead magnet, um, and obviously, when we go out and try to get people to sign up for a lead magnet, that could also be considered kind of a sales pitch because you try and pitch them to, you know, sign up for your email or, and they will get something back. Obviously it's, you know, it's no cost to this, but still it needs to kind of sell the idea of whatever it is that you're trying to sell them on.
1: Absolutely. So there's a million people online trying to give away stuff for free. Um, and we're all a lot smarter these days. Nobody wants to put their email address into a box if they think they're just going to get a bunch of emails they don't care about. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's where your landing page or your opt-in page matters because you're not going to get that first conversion, which is just to get their email address to get them on your list if you don't have a compelling opt-in page. Um, And that's why if you think about your opt-in page like a sales page, then you're already way ahead of the game. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be, if your opt-in page is 8,000 words long, you're doing it wrong, (laughs) but it's it's a a very small sales page. And that's why I think uh, one of my favorite things to do is put a testimonial for whatever your lead maggot, your freebie, your challenge is on your opt-in page, because that social proof, that's such a huge thing that even if I'm giving away my email address and I'm getting something for free, if it's at least shown value to other people, Mm -hmm. that's, you're going to go through a lot of objections right there.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. any other things that you might, I mean, the testimony is a really good idea, but is there anything else? I mean, you don't want to, obviously you don't want to have like 8,000 pages, like I said, but is there anything else that you feel like must be on an opt-in page?
1: I think that it needs, you need to think about what you're what you're giving away for free and how it's going to actually help your audience and how you can get them to have some sort of quick win or see a little bit of success. And that should be what the focus is on your opt-in page, that transformation, that, you know, that moment that you, something has changed between downloading this freebie or joining this webinar and where you were before. So thinking about that beyond just what the content of your webinar or, you know, free guide is and really what it does for your audience.
0: Mm-hmm. exactly and all of this obviously translate to the actual sales page as well but just in a larger scale obviously exactly yeah so let's dive into a sales page um obviously there's you know a lot of bits and pieces that needs to kind of fit together like i said it's a puzzle um yeah <laughs> where do we even start you know when-
1: so where a lot of people think they should start but they shouldn't start is their headline Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm writing a sales page, when I, I mean, basically as soon as I start working with a client in my head, I'm always writing headlines, even if I'm out for a walk or, you know, it's just, I keep, I keep a list of headlines and thinking about, you know, again, you want to think, think about the transformation, what they're going to, what happens to the person after they sign up for your course. And a lot of people start with the headline because it's the first thing on the page. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think put something there, write something, but don't get attached to it, um, any, you know, if you've ever read a marketing book or anything, there's, you know, this great line about, you know, ninety cents of your dollar is spent on your headline because if there's not that immediate connection when a customer lands on your page that their headline goes, yes, this is for me, yes, this can help me, then they're gone, and it doesn't matter if the other eight thousand words on your page are great or not because that headline is what draws them in. And that's why starting with the headline is never the way to go. Just keep, keep writing them, keep revising, write 50 headlines. And also you can test them, you know, depending on what, um, what program you're using, you can test your headlines. You can have different headlines and see which one converts higher. Um, always yeah. be testing is one of the things I say.
0: And why do you think that we should not start with the headline? Is there a reasoning behind this thought?
1: Yeah, because to me, as you're writing your sales page, you're really refining your offer. And, you know, even even if it's a, a program you've been launching for years, um, every time you go through that sales page, you think about, you know, the last group of students that you took through the course. What were What were the, you know, your most successful clients then? What were the big wins that you can then share? And it might be changing every time, especially like as the world changes, as, you know, even if it's an established program, that doesn't mean a new sales page can't breathe some new life into your audience and your course, so that's mm. why the headline should be the last thing that gets finalized.
0: yeah, and I would maybe think that you know as you going through and writing up the sales page, um that will kind of give you an idea of what this is about, so that it could better help you to write up better headline. I think, I think that in the same way as you write an email, you know, write down the email first and then you might actually have a good subject line that will fit really well with it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And the, that's what puts your, the process of writing the sales page or writing the email is what puts your thoughts together. And it, what mm-hmm. makes it go, this part should go here. This should, part should go there. And that's when you're able to sort of see the big picture altogether, where if you're starting with the subject line or the headline, you're basically starting with the end in mind, even if you haven't fully formulated your thoughts and your process.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, obviously, I, I, a lot of people would think, you know, oh, writing out a sales page, that's, that's like a huge project. It's so overwhelming that people dread it, I would assume, <laughs> at least for a lot of people. Um, how, do you, how do you kind of create this into a project that makes it manageable?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think not approaching it from the perspective of, oh my God, this is going to be terrible (laughs) and hard and horrible is step one. But even if you feel that way and you still have to write your sales page is, it's chunks of things. It's very, you know, there's a formula to it. You can play with the formula, you can move things around, but there's very much a formula and a way you walk the reader through the process, through Mm -hmm. the, where they're, where they are now and where they're going to be once they complete your program. Um, and so you start with a section and maybe you start with the easiest section if that is your, your frequently asked questions. Or maybe it's your, you know, your little explainer, hi, it's me about page, part of yours, um, your page. Because if, when, it, when you start, sit down and you have that blank Google Doc and you go, okay, well, I need a real long sales page here, <laughs> that is so overwhelming. But if you can just start with that one section, not the headline, but another section and get, you know, get some words flowing, it all gets easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just about actually getting started. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. But obviously, there's a lot of section sections uh, pieces that needs to fit together. So, what are some of the must haves on a sales page?
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, a headline, obviously. Um, beyond that, you're gonna, below that. You probably want some sort of sub headline that really kind of explains a little bit more about the process and the program. And again, each each section is designed to keep the reader going to the next section.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they read the headline, they read the subheadline, they go, yes, this is me, let me keep going. Um, and usually you want to start at the beginning, the next section would be to set up the problem. This is where they are now, the struggles they're dealing with, the pain points. And I say, get as specific as you can here, you know, call out very specific situations because that's what makes people go, oh my God, are they reading my brain? And that mm-hmm. keeps them reading. So you're setting up the problem. Um, you're hitting, throwing in some pain points and really sort of agitating things a little bit. Um, it's uh, it's a little uncomfortable as a writer, especially if you're not used to writing copy, um, but this is what works uh, and throwing in those pain points and really sort of making your audience a little bit uncomfortable helps them realize once they get to the next section, which is going to be the solution, which is going to be your offer, uh, that there is a way out. There is help no matter what problem you're stuck with. Um, So then Mm -hmm. after that sort of agitation, then you go, but don't worry any longer. We've got this all figured out for you because blah, 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 blah. And then you introduce your offer, your product, your course. Um, And from there I would, you know, talk about again, the transformation, the benefits. So it's not, Oh, we have 14 modules and it takes 12 weeks. This is after you finish this program, you'll have more confidence. You'll look better. You'll make a million dollars or whatever, you know, whatever the benefits of your program are.
0: The benefits, not the features.
1: Exactly. Which is, you know, something we talk about a lot. Um, and from there, you can then start to, once you've really sort of painted the whole picture, where they are now, where they will be, then you want to start to answer some of the questions about the course. Here's what you get. Here's your 14 modules. And then here's five bonuses. And here's the value. And then then you bring in the price. Only mm-hmm. after you've really laid everything out. And you can have you know some buttons, some CTA, call to action buttons, throughout the copy. But we really don't want to have the price on there until we've shown the value, And you want to, you know, with your bonuses, you want to, um, again, increase the value of your program. You also want to address some of the problems people might have. You know, a lot of times I see a bonus that it's like, oh, but I don't have time. You know, a big objection is I don't have time for this course. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of a great bonus is just, you know, here's your jump start quick guide. Here's how to maximize every moment and, you know, only work an hour a week on this course. And bonuses like that that can... um, really address those objections that come up are help increase the value and help people just sort of flow through the process and release some of that resistance to clicking, you know, enroll now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds to me, you know, that when we kind of go through that process of reading through the sales page, we're kind of talking to the heart, the emotions first to kind of get them into this But then we're also speaking to like the mind and the head, which is kind of the logic and, you know, explaining, well, this is what you actually get. Does that sound about right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because there's – I'm not the expert, but there are different parts of our brain, right? There's like the monkey brain and there's like the amphibian brain and you sort of – the you have to speak to all of them because especially Mm -hmm. when you're selling something and you're asking someone for money, our defenses go up. You know, it's like, what do these people want from me? (laughs) Um, and so you do, you kind of hit all those different parts of the brain when you follow this sort of, you know, formula of setting up the problem and then getting to the solution.
0: Mm-hmm. But I love that you touched upon the bonus section where you kind of address the objection with the bonus, because obviously you can address the objections in the FAQs, obviously, but that is just kind of, it doesn't really solve the problem maybe. It just addresses it, but it doesn't necessarily solve it. But if you have a bonus that really just totally diminishes the objection, that's an excellent way of getting people to sign up, obviously.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes I've seen, you know, oh, I an objection is maybe like, oh, well, I need to talk to my partner before I make an investment like this. Um, maybe one of the bonuses, how to talk to your partner about, you know, investing in this part of your life. And it's just sort of, when you can just solve those problems for them right away, it it just it releases those objections. And then as you're launching, as you're, you know, live and answering questions, as you're you can refer to these things and you go, You d- worried you don't have time for this course. Don't worry because this is the first thing you should do once you enroll is go go check out this bonus because it will show you exactly how to maximize your time and get the most value for the least amount of time investment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how much time do you see people spend on a sales page? I mean, obviously, once you're creating it for the first time, you're gonna obviously spend a lot of time on it. but um, as you you know go through a launch and you do the next one, obviously things get a little bit easier because you don't have to kind of redo the whole page. You're just tweaking it. But once you kind of start with that first page I mean now we're talking months or are we're talking weeks, hours.
1: I'm sure there are people that have spent months on their sales page. Yeah. Uh, I, there's I no clear answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend that. I think that if you are spending months on your sales page, there's a deeper problem. It could be a problem with your offer. It could be a problem with not, you know, knowing your audience. Um, I think the average time for somebody who's not a copywriter or not, you know, an expert in marketing, they're probably spending a few weeks tweaking their sales page, Um it's it's a lot of hours if you're if you're not a copywriter and that's why you know I always say when you can and when you're at the place where you can afford it is to hire help. You know, if you're mm-hmm. doing all the graphic design, if you're doing all the marketing, if you're doing all the admin and the tech stuff for your business, you're going to be drained. You're going to have a hard time showing up during your launch as the best version of you, which is why as soon as you can get that support, get people to help you because if you're spending months writing a sales page, that is not going to be the best use of your time.
0: Yeah, because what are the benefits of actually hiring somebody to help you with sales page?
1: Well, you so you have someone, an outsider perspective. And if you're spending months on a sales page, you're probably really struggling to identify the transformation and to separate you know, your program from your business and those kinds of things. And so having an outsider perspective is always great just to be able to, they can, they can see things you don't see because you're too close to it. You mm-hmm. also have someone who is trained in what works for sales, who is trained in copywriting and the techniques we use, the pain points. You know, if those kind of things overwhelm you, working with a copywriter is going to help immensely. And you're not going to have this, there's sort of, I, you know, I talk to clients who are working with a copywriter for the first time and they're like, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a good sales page, but I don't actually know. And that confidence to know that your sales page is going to convert changes everything because if you do mm-hmm. if you have a great launch and a great email sequence and your challenge goes amazing but then your sales page kind of kind of messes it up at the end that that that's going to kill your business and your soul a little bit because you've put so much into it but if you've just sort of, you know, been scrapping and, you know, trying to slap together your own sales page when you could have, you know, worked with a professional to really make sure that that, you know, the sales page is everything in your launch. So you mm-hmm. need to having that confidence that your sales page is not the part that's broken.
0: Yeah, it's it, it becomes kind of a part of the energy that you kind of bring into the whole launch if you, like I say, if you don't feel confident about sales page.
1: Exactly. You know, um, I, I'm a copywriter. What I do is copywriting, but a lot of what I share with my clients and what I've realized from working with both brand new coaches and course creators and then people who are doing million dollar launches is it's a, it's energy. And Mm -hmm. if you're writing your emails sequence at two in the morning and then trying getting up and trying to do a live challenge, like your audience can tell when your energy is off and they're Mm -hmm. not as attracted to you where if you've planned your launch three months in ahead of time and you know, your emails are great, you know, your sales page is just going to make them click add to cart. Then you go, you show up for that launch and for your audience in a way that's just magnetic, that just attracts people to you and fills your program
0: exactly so true um but as a copywriter as well um you obviously you know messaging in the sales page is is crucial to kind of make sure that you really nail that down because that can make or break the sales page obviously we well, kind of touched upon it but um your messaging will evolve over time it will change you change the world change everything changes um How much time should we be spending on, you know, working on a messaging when it comes to a sales page?
1: When it comes to the sales page, um, well, I think when it comes to your audience and messaging, just paying attention to the words they're using and the problems they have, whether it's, you know, maybe not such a scientific way of doing it, but just seeing, you know, what words does your, do your customers use to describe your products and their problems versus the words maybe you're using, um and a marketer is sort of always thinking this way and if you you know if you think of yourself as a non-marketer not at all just sort of it's paying attention to these words and there's great ways to you know thanks to social media there's all these really great ways to just get feedback from your audience like it's so easy to put up an Instagram story poll about hey do you like this title or this title better and just to get like all this data back and realize that these are these are the words this is what resonates with my audience these other words don't. Um, I was talking to somebody, an example is I was talking to somebody who has a product where, for, um, couples that are trying to have a baby and they're like, the words they were using were trying to conceive. And I was like, mm-hmm. but do you think maybe your audience is saying trying to get pregnant? Like just, and it was sort of like this light bulb moment of, Oh, you're right. Unless they're, you're really too far down the road. And you know what you're talking about? You're probably using a more, a much more basic language, and that's how you're going to connect with your customers because they're not, you know, trying to conceive is a much more elevated idea that they probably don't even realize is their problem yet.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah, we probably tend to overthink things and try mm-hmm. to be uh, professional. And yeah, we want to use the big fancy words instead of just, this is not the way they talk. They actually, it's really simple. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what are some some of the big mistakes that you see people do with a sales pitch? I mean, you must have seen some, I would assume.
1: <laughs> well, I think we can avoid those mistakes by, you know, not writing the headline first is definitely one of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another thing is, you know, and we kind of just tush- touched on this a little bit, but is your brand voice, right? How do you... Speak, you know, if especially if you're a personal brand and you're, you know, showing up on social media and that people that's how your audience finds you is because they're connecting with you. If your sales page all of a sudden sounds completely different than the way you talk or the way you, you know, write your Instagram posts, there's going to be this disconnect Mm -hmm. and people feel that all the time. You can see it maybe like the Facebook ad was weird. It didn't really sound like the guy. And you could tell that somebody else wrote that. Um, so paying attention to the voice of the sales page is really important that it sounds like you, that, you know, if you use, you know, if you say, Hey babes, every time you talk to your audience, then call them babes on the sales page. So they know it's you. Um, and just sort of being aware that that's a tool you can use to then create a deeper connection.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's, um, I mean if you hire someone to do the sales pitch for you obviously that's something that they also need to consider right
1: right and a, a good copywriter and somebody who knows what they're doing that's going to be one of their top concerns is sounding like you mm-hmm. um and again if you have an online presence if you if you have a podcast if you you know you're out there and you're talking to the world it's very easy for a good writer to pick up on someone else's voice um mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a formula to it um And I, if your biggest concern about working with someone else is them not being able to capture your voice, find a, find a writer who speaks like you do, who you feel confident talking to. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses I wouldn't work with because I don't know anything about financial technology or anything, um, and th- they're not going to come to me because I sound like I don't know anything about financial <laughs> technology. So it's finding a writer and a marketer or a graphic designer, whatever, whoever you need help with, just finding someone you click with um, and who does sort of have a similar tone and voice as you do to help you capture that in your copy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, you know, um, we discussed it just briefly, but um, when it comes to the sales page, um, you've done a few launches. And you kind of to the point where you're just making tweaks, Um, obviously, you know, redoing the whole sales page is perhaps a bad idea (laughs) because then you don't know what did work and what didn't work. So how would you approach that in terms of, you know, do you change a lot? Do you change just uh, one piece or or a couple of pieces when you kind of redoing or tweaking the sales page?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends on what your launch mode is. If you're in an evergreen launch, it's a lot easier to just sort of, hey, let's change this for a week or two and see what we get. Where if you're launching once a year and this is your big, you know, this is how your business survives for the year, I would make small changes or even maybe there's a way to test it ahead of time. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, a headline, changing the headline is a lot of times What's going to change your result on the page? Um, mm-hmm. Once you get down to like, you probably don't need to mess with like the frequently asked questions section. Um, right. I, you want to look at the, the the money makers, the headline, your call to action buttons. Moving those around, maybe putting it, making it easier. You can also there's you know there's tools where you can see where people leave your page, where people are clicking and scrolling, um, and paying attention to those things, especially if you don't have the opportunity to test as much as you know, if you're doing a live launch and not an evergreen.
0: Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, it's just not the copy, obviously, that is important on sales, it is the design as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, uh, if you're designing your own pages, look, you know, look at other people's pages when you're doing it. You know, you want your call to action buttons to be a bright, bold color. You want them to have, you want the reader's eye to be drawn to those buttons. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very important. It's not my expertise, but... It's so important and it should, you'll, you, you'll see it when you see, when you see a good sales page, it looks good. And when you see a bad one, it's kind of obvious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, What are some, I mean, when we're thinking about conversions rates, I think people, I've seen people um, think that, you know, oh, I just got a like 10% conversion rate and they think it's bad. But is that really bad though? If you get a ten percent conversion rate,
1: no, uh, that's no. pretty good, especially on a you know a sales page. Depending on you know your product and the price and all that, um, I think two to three percent is like the industry average for a long form sales page. Um, so it just because it doesn't seem great to you, doesn't mean that you're not having conversions. Um, Tweak, if, you're, if you're at 10%, I wouldn't tweak a lot. I think there's probably another thing in your funnel that needs to be looked at. Um, and that's the mm-hmm. other thing. Of You could have a million-dollar sales page, but if your email sequence doesn't get people to go visit the sales page, then no one's going to buy anything. Um, so you sort of – that's what – one of the things I love about launching is it's part art, but it's part science too because everything can be tracked. You can mm-hmm. break everything down into numbers and basically see where the holes in the bucket are that need to be filled
0: exactly yeah because if you have 10 percent conversion rate on sales page well just put some more people in, in the other <laughs> end and you'll yep. make some more money <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah because it could be dangerous to kind of start tweaking on a 10 percent conversion rate sales page because that can uh, obviously affect you in a different way but obviously if it happens at least you would know and then you can kind of go back to what was working and try something different though
1: yeah, you can definitely, you know, experiment again, not if it's your big, big moneymaker for the year, but if you got 10%, right. you're like, well, what if maybe we change this headline and move this down here? You can try it, but again, make sure you're tracking those changes and you're measuring the results.
0: Yeah, because the numbers don't lie, basically. Mm-hmm. And we need to, I mean, even if you feel like you didn't get the sales that you wanted or, you know, it feels like the sales are low, but if you start looking at the numbers, you know how many people visited the sales page in the home and how many converted, then you might actually see things a little bit differently.
1: Absolutely. It's all in the numbers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, how do we prepare for a launch in terms of, uh, you know, having a sales page? Is there anything that we can do beforehand to kind of make sure that we have everything that we need for a sales page? Start early. <laughs> Obviously.
1: <laughs> Wait, you know, don't – Three months ahead of time, honestly, like start start thinking through your launch, start planning. That's what you know, that's what I do with my clients and start putting together your your roadmap or your calendar and just the further ahead you can start and look at things, the easier it's gonna be and you're gonna just be able to sort of slide into your launch versus hurdling into your launch, not have being in control of anything. Um mm-hmm. And in terms of, you know, in between launches, it's thinking about who are your best customers, who are your biggest success stories, whose lives have you changed completely, because you, those are the people you want to get into your program. And those are also the stories and the testimonials that are going to speak most to your audience to get them into your program. So it's really just looking at who are the the biggest wins in your community and using their stories in your next launch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything we left out, but, um, I think we kind of touched on all points of the sales page. I don't know if there's something you feel like we missed. I don't know.
1: Well, I think maybe, um, the one thing is at, at the end, right, there's going to be a final call to action, that moment, this is it like make or break. And I think sometimes people lose momentum because it is at the end of the page, mm-hmm. but people will skip skim down there. They're going to skip over your testimonials. They're going to skip over your frequently asked questions. So that last section really needs to have momentum built up and really sort of coming back with the pain points, coming back with, here's where you are now, here's where you can be. And just sort of, this is like the crescendo in the music. Let's lead them to that final CTA and really empower them to make that choice to join your program. Mm, So don't lose momentum is my other...
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Uh, because people might read sales pages in various different kind of ways, and you want to make sure that every section is as good as it possibly can, because some people, like I said, skim through it, some just go straight to price, then they start at the top again, so you never really know which section they're going to end up reading. Exactly. Love it. Um, Where can people reach out to you and find a little bit more about you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so um my website is LaurenTassyAgency.com. Um on there you can learn more about what I do. I have a free uh launch checklist you can download on there. Um I'm also on Instagram sporadically at lauren.tassy.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about sales pitches in specific. We haven't done that before, so that's really cool. Um so yeah, thank you.
1: Awesome. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And thank you to everybody who's listening in and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Wesker. That's K E N W E S T G A A R D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.